Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from Western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. Class is in session, and today we are going to do our best to uh, 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 stay alive with a couple of the directors from the tabletop content platform Freeforge. And as always, I am your host, Scott White, also known as Professor RPG. And this week, I have the pleasure of welcoming back to the university Miss Mindykins, Freeforge's creative content director, and Deej, Freeform's community and platform director. Welcome to you both. Oh, hello! Hello! Thank you for having us! <laughs> of course, and I'm so sorry for tormenting you with that horrible Bee Gees staying alive uh, intro bits. It was beautiful. I mean, post-production <laughs> is a gift, so you can do whatever you need. It's true. Auto-tune. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, Mix that up. auto-tune me to make me sound no, good. it was perfect just the way it was. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, welcome. Welcome to you both. We are here to talk about uh, your guys' baby, the uh, Free Forge content platform that you are all uh, high-ranking creators uh, of and cast members of one of your guys' shows, Stay Alive, the kind of post-apocalyptic kind of crazy horror tabletop game. But uh, first and foremost, especially with you, Deej, what is kind of your background in uh, in nerdiness? Like, how did you get your start with nerd stuff, I guess? Um, in, in the most uh, sort of early vein that i can vaguely recall uh i used to be like the uh sports play all everything kind of person absolutely body gave out because i picked all the wrong sports segued from that to music and was doing like uh shows around the country and having fun with that for a long time i was like you know what something needs to take the edge off. And one of the buddies who actually performed and toured with me all the time was just the the hugest a tabletop board game geek and he was always flashing this new kickstarter that came in or or this game that he read up on somewhere in some magazine before they had this kind of thing in magazines and um mm-hmm. he was always kind of turning me on to to cool tabletop stuff um and he actually was kind of like my my tabletop sherpa i guess you could say to sort of opened the door and exposed me to a lot of things in that vein. I'd always kind of been into gaming uh, in a general sense, um, but he sort of uh, introduced me to a lot of the more RP and mechanical components to what that feels like in a, in a little bit more of a group oriented setting. And um, Mm -hmm. I remember a lot of times he would, he would, him and his uh, wife would be like talking about this game, like, okay, well, what are, what are we doing here? And then, you know, they'd show me this new game and we'd have a good time playing it. And that was kind of the foundational piece of it. And from there, basically, I just did a lot of my own exploring, I think, in the same way that everybody does. How long ago was, was your first exposure, I guess? Mm, uh, I, don't, I don't want to date myself too overtly, but uh, it was it was probably... Like late teens, early 20s, um, give or take. Okay. Because, uh, I mean, up until that point, I, I was football, boxing. Um, like, that was kind of kind of my jam. 
And it wasn't it wasn't an aversion to mm-hmm. geek stuff because I'd always loved video games and things of that nature, but um, never really kind of even theorized of taking it on the go. Just hadn't been exposed to it up until that point. So, oh, cool. What was your gateway game uh, that your friend exposed you to for the tabletop and board game? Uh, one of the earliest I can remember that like sort of in involved RP that wasn't actually built into the rules uh, was uh, the gears of war board game. It's, it's a very like zombicide okay. style uh, fight the horde kind of thing or whatever else. But since we were such huge fans of the game, like that's kind of, you know how I wasted, I don't, I don't even want to know how many hours, but a lot of hours <laughs> playing with uh, you know, my, my fam and friends, um, that was kind of something we got into a little more than you'd probably get into a game of Zombicide. Um, mm-hmm. And he was like, Hey, if, if you, if you like this, you should check out this thing. Cause it's like about making choices. And I think from there um, he brought up dead of winter, uh, like very quickly after it came out on, on the heels of my reaction to that game. And that kind of continued the snowball rolling. Very cool. Very cool. Um, and Mindy, to refresh the listeners, kind of where did you get your start uh, with nerddom and everything? I got my start when a, a friend of mine uh, could not stop talking about uh, Critical Role was uh, her jump, her jumping point. And um, I distinctly remember her inviting me to play. She said, I promise you'll enjoy this. We had done some play-by-post writing in the past for, actually, we've been, we've done a lot of that in the past. She's like, I know you'll enjoy this. Just give it a try. And I'm, I'm, I was like, you have to promise not to hate me if I don't like it. (laughs) Um, And it was a homebrew D&D 5e uh, game. And I fell in love with it. Uh, The... The role play, the 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 choices and the, you know, character building. Um, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. And that was, I guess, I guess, how do I do math? I guess that was, you know, four, three to five years ago. I don't know. Time has no meaning anymore. So that's my best <laughs> rough <true>. estimate. <laughs> this four or five, true. four or sure. five years ago, I think. Okay, so from being introduced to the medium four or five years ago with you, Mindy, and kind of starting off, like, not getting into tabletop and whatnot until later in life with you, uh, Deej, what was the story or what was the catalyst for the change of, I really like playing these games, I want to create a platform that produces and does these games? Like, when did that happen? <laughs> um, for me, I I would go so far as to just offer the unfortunate knowledge that I know I have like the the very consistent yet very seldom spoken about kind of entertainer content creators like need for that uh, presentary opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. And what better circumstance I can put on a four hour show and I'm guaranteed to have four people show up like that's a lot of performers dreams. Um, so and they're not going anywhere. They can't even pretend to act bored. You know what I mean? Like there's a <laughs> there's, there's a certain aspect of having a captive audience. I've really I've always enjoyed performing. I've always been a teller of stories. And I think that that transition was was probably more of just a, a natural segue than anything. 
I was going to say for, for me, um, again, it was one of those quick transition. And so, well, let's just, it was one of those very traditional for me initially, um, way back in the, whenever it was, um, (laughs) was very much a typical, let's get some friends together. Let's tell a story together. That, that kind of typical story for a lot of, Mm -hmm. um, live play, actual play, um, games that you can find. Um, and then through a series of events, it kind of led me here, which is kind of a whole different ball game with the free forge. <laughs> not, not exactly. In a lot of good ways. Well, I, I don't know if it's, it's not that it's a whole new ball game and, and I'm very grateful for, the start that I had and the people I had to kind of support me and kind of nurture me through the, uh, the initial, Oh my gosh, we're doing this for people, even if it's only like a couple. Um, but I think, um, you know, the, with the free forge in particular, uh, Deej had a very, and I'll let him speak to this, but he had a very clear vision. And I think, uh, the passion and energy that he brings um, kind of is uh, inspiring. And so finding different ways to kind of become involved in the TTRPG and specifically um, through actual plays that are, you know, public and not just at home games. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of uh, I learned a lot about myself. <laughs> Very cool. So I guess for those um, for listeners who might not be super familiar with it, now what is Free Forge? Uh, I suppose I'm. I'm. It's probably appropriate for me to field that one. It, um, yep. <laughs> so on on, I, I think every community is predicated upon certain layers kind of being uniquely stacked on one another. And for the free forge, the, sum of its parts is kind of this, this top surface level of a community, people connecting with one another, very straightforward, easy to kind of get into stuff. Um, Below that, we kind of have a lot of commonality and bonds in terms of uh, gameplay, TTRPG, uh, creatives in a very general sense. Um, but the overall idea behind it was connecting people, not just who are, are fans of content. I mean, there's, you know, 100,000 people that, that are that would say that they're fans of uh, Critical Role or something to that. But people who mm-hmm. enjoy yeah. encouraging, supporting, cheering other creators on, not just because it's a thing that they like, but because they want to support people and content creators who are looking for. Uh, a way to cultivate themselves and sort of refine their process to ultimately put together a uh, better product. And then all of that is kind of with the underlying foundation of a lot of social spaces are just (laughs) extremely toxic. Um, And with kind of providing the absolute autonomous experience and that being one of our guiding stars it's it's more or less an opportunity in a place where we're looking to have content creators link up with supporters and vice versa and not only kind of assist content creators in further developing whatever it is they're trying to produce, 
um, but also providing opportunities for those who want to support people entirely new and much more creative avenues uh, for them to do that. So it's it's really a, a community built around the idea of community driven content. Um, but what role people play in that is entirely up to them. How cool. And like you guys have built up a community, you have a discord that's that's active and everything. And on top of your the interaction during your shows as well, it's it definitely seems um, that a community is has sprung up and has really grabbed onto these notions and kind of the uh, kind of the vibes you're getting off and the, the messaging that you want Freeforge to be to be known for yeah i mean it's it was very very purposefully uh orchestrated to accomplish that and um i suppose we have to provide some juice in these interviews in order to um you know make them worthwhile for for future incentives but the one thing i will say that we haven't really spoken on in an official capacity yet is we are uh right on the cusp actually of announcing that we are going to be for the first time, we're going to be putting together uh, not one, but two uh, community driven shows that are going to feature yeah. never before seen people on the platform. And it's um, it's going to be an exciting time. Minnie, don't yell at me for spilling beans here, but like it's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. We're we're, we're going to spilling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, and these are people that came from the community. These are not, uh, you know people we picked out of the scene or, or something to that effect. These are people mm-hmm. who have been around and, and gained the experience through that, those connections. And um, we're going to have some of our experienced or, or um, you know, kind of more adept at technical or, or creative or orchestration or whatever personnel within the space, assisting in helping clear some of the early hurdles that most content creators mm-hmm. uh, run mm-hmm. into. So we're kind of hopefully clearing the track for, uh, given these these people who are either totally unfamiliar or maybe not as uh, extensively experienced as some other people that'll be helping with the process. Yeah. What a what a good platform to be. It's like you see so many big names out there. I mean, you have your Dimension 20, you have your critical role and everything. And even like with uh, the lovely people at Jaspers and D&D Beyond and G4 has their tabletop community now. Mm-hmm. Like you see... For as great as so many of the people are, like you see a lot of the same returning faces on a lot of these shows jumping around because they're they're well known and they're great people and and things like that. But I can see and as someone who experiences it myself, it's it's hard to have any idea of, okay, I would love to do that one day or get my face out there or, or play on a show like this for you guys to be offering that of offering that ability for folks that aren't new, that want to get into it, who also have some technical prowess and things and have also kind of shown their chops in other ways. uh, I applaud you guys for being willing to willing to be that stepping stone to try and uh, expose people that would otherwise not be, be able to. Yeah. uh, Rising tides lift all boats. Uh, I think, I think you can have people who are just as talented or more so than the faces that you're used to seeing. And the reason that you don't see them is because no one's given you a chance to get used to seeing them. I think it's not to say that it's a guarantee that 
that this model is going to generate, you know, a dozen new faces in the scene, uh, especially not overnight. It'll, it'll be a process because anyone who's sort of fledgling or small or just getting started in their creative journey, um, there's a lot of work to be done. And you, you can kind of speak to the um, content creation versus business versus having fun. And those are all very different yeah. categories that you got to balance. Right. But um, I, I feel like if someone had helped me, well, one, I wouldn't have all the knowledge that I gained in trying to overcome it to <laughs> share with people. Um, but, but two, you know, who knows where I would be at now? I, I, I think I'm, I'm still relatively minor in the scene in many ways, but um, I've certainly carved out a space for myself and I've kind of more or less had to do that on the back of my content. So how many, how many more mm -hmm. people are sitting there with, you know, two, 300 followers on Twitter and if somebody just gave them a shot, they'd be 10 times bigger than me, right? And that yeah. and that kind of goes back to the, you know, the initial foundation of the of the community itself. Um, you know, building building up creators, providing a space where newer creators can learn from creators that have kind of gone through some some different experiences. Um so that that was always that's always at the forefront. Um, in pursuing new projects and new content for the platform and bringing yeah. new mm -hmm. people on board. Lots of perspectives, and, lots of, lots of yeah. helping mm -hmm. hands. We have a, we have a streamer support section and anytime someone asks a streaming question, there's usually like three or four different answers that people chime yeah. in with. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, that's cool. That's cool. And kind of on the topic of, um, creation and things like that. Mindy, as the creative content director for FreeForge, what is kind of your role in, or not role, but like what goes into, or what's your thought process when, like you mentioned, you're developing a couple new community driven projects and uh, what kind of goes into the creation of those? Or what do you think about when you uh, green light something? So the big pieces um, that I have to keep on the forefront, I do, I do work um, quite a bit with some of the assets that we generate. Um, I'm pretty involved with promotional pieces. Um, so when I'm looking at a potential product, and obviously there's a there's a team that kind of works through uh, a lot of different pieces, but the things that I'm I'm kind of focusing on are almost almost like how is this show going to be branded that it's maybe not the right way to say it although yeah, there's probably some vision. element of truth to that yeah like how how are we going to package this how are we going to present it um how are we going to make it feel cohesive how are we going to make all the pieces feel cohesive um so i'm 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 looking at those pieces primarily which is yeah Again, funny, funny to think about now. Uh, Mindy won't say it apparently, <laughs> but I feel one of her greatest strengths in in sort of leading those initiatives has also been some of the way that she's addressed how we're we're doing kind of advanced level promoting and putting together content specifically for promotional purposes rather than just here's a flyer and here's what we're putting out. Uh, Mindy's been Mindy's I heard changing the game. Uh, when it comes to trying to drum <laughs> oh, a pipe, as far as I'm concerned, so. <laughs> so how did I guess 
you two, how did your two paths cross or in the rest of the team's paths cross to what would go into create uh, free forge? <laughs> Uh, I, I've made the mistake of talking enough, so I'm going I'm to let Mindy handle this one. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, uh, my path crossed with uh, Deej, if you've seen the lovely stat blocks. Uh, I saw kind of the positivity and good things he was pouring out into the TTRPG space. And so it was a follow on Twitter. Um, and uh, and then we ended up playing in a game where he guested um, and, you know, then he came forward and was like, hey, I'm building this community. And I kid you not, I, I have the tweet saved somewhere where I literally I, I literally <laughs> said, I can bring good vibes, but that's about <laughs> it. And <laughs> and then, um, you know, through the process of kind of working through what the community itself at that point was community cast and it was very, very much community centric, just kind of creating a safe space for people. It was at the, it was like the very beginning of the, the, the hardest part of the pandemic, which was the, everybody's suddenly in isolation, really struggling to connect. And so, um, and then when we started talking about, you know, making content and, and I always knew that was part of the vision he had, um, mm-hmm. He uh, it was very straightforward with everyone on leadership. Like this was kind of, you know, where it was headed. Um, I f- frankly j- just kind of, I don't even know how it happened. I just started, I, I guess I got After Effects or Photoshop at some point. I was like, I'll play around with some stuff. And then one thing led to another and I'm making videos and doing weird edits and watching a bunch of tutorials on YouTube. (laughs) Um, And, and then I kind of discovered this new thing that I not only really enjoyed and had like this undiscovered passion for, um, but you know, was able to, through a lot of communication and a lot of patience uh, from <laughs> Deej in particular um, in kind of cultivating those skills of, you know, I've, I found a little niche that I I never would have thought to even explore or investigate. Um, but, you know, it started off very much as a, I knew Deej. We played in the game together. And I was like, I mean, this sounds like a great positive community. I can bring some good vibes. I'm ready. <laughs> I mean, I I remember it differently, but yeah, that I suppose kind of checks <laughs> That's out. That's how I remember extent. it. <clears throat> Greatest that, that cover letter ever, <laughs> by the way. Just I can bring good vibes. That's about it. That's I all it takes to that my Apparently, next like that's just, about it. Yeah, I need to try that in my next cover letter. It's, I hate cover letters, and just that's just just. Perfectly succinct uh, sentence that you I, can. I did have I did have some experience um, uh, as a mod and in in, in in a couple other places and spaces, so I was I was able to bring some of that. But in general, <laughs> I I never would have anticipated it leading to where it is now. I guess is kind of where that sentiment makes me giggle the most. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that that'll be the canon answer, I guess, for now. Oh my god. That, that that works. Um so one of the the big shows that uh Freeforge has and 
has been announced that season two will be starting shortly um, mm-hmm. is your Stay Alive program, the <laughs> survival horror tabletop role-playing game. Um, so kind of tell us about Stay Alive and how that came to be. <laughs> That's one's your stage. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh... Tony Tony Ballard Smoot, uh, Captain Lagrange on Twitter, go follow. Um, follow was follow. yeah, follow follow. Was a uh, player in this uh, game that I guested in with Mindy on that on that actual play, and I, I had a great time playing with with that whole crew, and and I'm big fans of a lot of those people, and definitely a, a pleasurable experience, but that experience uh, guesting in that space um, gave me additional kind of motive or, or inclination to check in on it a little more often than it might otherwise have done. And uh, Tony just really impressed me with a lot of things um, in terms of his RP and how he played as a character. And one, one note in particular, this is, this is free pearls of wisdom for your viewers, by the way had like a very in character like tense in party fight um that oh God, felt very that. very raw very very organically real um and and I kind of had a little bit of the context about all the relationships and and connections behind the scenes and I knew everybody was good um but it was just it was it was very powerful and I think that's so rare to see a lot of times you don't see inter-party conflict done, and you certainly don't see it done well very often. Um, and he just really impressed me in that way. So I knew I wanted to work on a project with him at some point that was a little bit more boundary pushing. Um, mm-hmm. Fast forward like a year, <laughs> and the original concept, which was kind of like this uh, mid-fantasy Mad Max-like weird post-apocalyptic kind of thing we were talking about doing merged into something entirely different. Um, (laughs) And that's, yeah, many, many, there was at least three or four times where I remember (laughs) reaching out to Minya like, Hey, what do you think if we did this instead? And it's just every time, uh, you know, it was like, yeah, that sounds, that sounds cool. Um, So I was looking for a, a project to work on with Tony um, Mindy was doing just being an absolute workhorse, helping me put it all together and kind of figure out what some of the moving parts were going to look like when she was kind of developing some of the, the other facets of her creative toolkit. It's like, well, I know you're also good at, at RP and like you're understanding kind of the business content versus the presentary content mm-hmm. piece of it a lot more. And what about you being involved? Right. Um, and we, we kind of had half the cast. Uh, six months before we really knew what our air date was going to be. So that's, that's kind of the early mm-hmm. foundations of what ended up prompting stay alive to be a thing in the first place. What were some of the most drastic changes that looking back on, it's like, I can't believe we even thought of that um, from those earlier uh, epiphany moments. Uh, I mean, originally the first concept, I think, was a continuation of holding actions set some 2000 years in the future. That was a mixture of high tech and like mid mid tier magic that was going to be in this weird, like dystopian cyberpunk s kind of thing. So 
the the end result, a post-apocalyptic kind of zombie survival game, <laughs> is probably about as far away as you can get from where it started. I I am very intrigued by that course of uh, <laughs> thought that ended up to. It was uh, gradual. It was, it was gradual. It, it, it was a, yeah. It was. It uh, was. <laughs> that that's very interesting. Now. You had mentioned, and we talked a little bit about the show, that you developed the the role-playing system that you all use for Stay Alive. What was the decision, or what caused the decision that you went that route as opposed to adapting, like, a fate system or an existing mm-hmm. rule set as, a, as opposed to just, I'm going to make my own? So... Uh- Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 Mindy, Mindy, go ahead, go ahead. I was, I was gonna say, I, I, so there were a lot of different iterations with the actual, you know, kind of story, the, the, the kind of, uh, the background, um, and environment. Um, but what I remember most <laughs> is <laughs> Deej coming back. What about this system? Okay, well, I'm looking at this system. Well, oh I'm looking at gosh. this system. I'm looking at this system. And, and there were several, and every so often we would change direction with the story and he would go back and look at another <laughs> system to see if it was set, if it would fit better now. Um, yeah, it did. And I distinctly remember getting a message and he was like, all right, I can't, I can't find one. What if, what if, what if I just made my own? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I certainly know you are capable. You know, he Deej makes all kinds of TTRPG content. Um, so I was like, I have, I have no doubt that you can with all of these other pieces. Is that the best route? And I think there was like the slightest bit of hmm, maybe, but then he just built a system that was exactly what we needed because every, I, I remember through this process, there were always little bits that just didn't quite fit what, what the aim was, what the direction was for the show even as it changed, there was nothing that ever quite fit perfectly. I know we looked at, we looked at fate. We looked at, um, the, uh, 5e modern, I think was, uh, on the table at one point to kind of, yep. to U5 play e with. Was one. Um, fate was one. Uh, we also looked at blades in the dark. I, yep. I went, I went through a whole list. Of and he went through them systems. multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> And eventually he was just like, there's nothing here that's going to fit what we need for the story we're trying to tell. So I'm going to find one that can do that. And for anybody that's seen Stay Alive, it it's it it, it does feel very, very different. Um, you kind of have to have a few certain pieces mechanically. Um in place to make sure it's smooth. Um, so yeah, that's, that's literally what it was. He tried a bunch of different things Mm -hmm. and he decided that, well, we don't have, they don't have what we need. So I will make what we need, which kind of is Deej in a nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) I was too, too busy obsessed with, if I could, no one stopped to ask if I should. Um, I, I think I did. And Don't I think we it. decided that, that it's it. fine. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's cool. Um, <laughs> for for me, there's a I I actually have a lot of previous work that I've done with uh, license adaptations for 5e and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like uh, I oh really? The, 
Yeah, I released oh, yeah. a full Nightmare Before Christmas uh, one shot that I gave away one Christmas. And uh, I did a charity one shot with an Aliens uh, adaptation before Aliens put out their TTRPG game. I think mine's better, to be honest with you, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I believe it. But uh, for me, the biggest issue I had in looking at new systems is every every system is created from the ground up to be like, all right, how do we... How do we let the player do this? How do we let the player do that? How do we X, Y, Z? And for me, mm-hmm. I, I was really looking for a system where one of its primary goals was to get out of the way. Um, yeah. We're, we were looking for something really quick, really dynamic, extremely slim character creation requirements, but still providing a lot of depth. And a like, of, these are very weird yeah. kind of nuanced requirements Uh that you'd want to want to hit. And it's like, you can make a character in five minutes or you can take as long as maybe mm-hmm. 20 to 25 minutes, mm-hmm. but it's, it's still very easy to kind of get a character back in game. That was going to be important since, you know, turnover. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I think Minnie, you had to balance or uh, you jumped around between a few characters in uh, season uh, one. I did end up with three. <laughs> yep. It's a dangerous world out there. It is. Yeah, it really is. It is. Three characters across um, 16 episodes isn't too bad. It could be worse. I I was I guess I was tied for worse, never mind. For player <laughs> characters. It's fine. Now with creating the system for Stay Alive Deej, what would you say you are most um pleased or you feel the best about uh, in your system? Like that you're most proud of having created? Um what aspect of your system? I think mm. the the piece to me that that really uh, provides its signature signature success, in my opinion, is if you gave the tools to two extremely veteran uh, tabletop players and told them this is your character's backstory and now put them together. I still think they'd end up with two different characters mechanically. Um, Mm. and I think if you then handed those characters off to two people who have never played and provided them the rules, they'd be ready to go in 15 minutes. Um, that for me is where you can satisfy sort of the numbers and nuance and, and provide a little tiny, tiny bit of crunch just to Mm -hmm. provide yourself an opportunity to optimize if that's your thing, but also just get the ball Mm -hmm. rolling. If you're a story person, um, character create, like. You definitely can't do that in uh, a D&D type of thing or anything where you have to, like, you know, pick spells or choose equipment and mm. all this and all that. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that th- those systems aren't obviously meant for something different. Like, clearly they are. But mm-hmm. um, for me, when I was designing it, I-, I think the idea was to make sure that the rules didn't get in the way of the game. And a lot of TTRPGs, in my opinion, tend to undervalue that notion. Um it's not to say that rules can't be beneficial in a lot of circumstances, but very few systems are looking to just get out of your way. Um, Mm -hmm. So in that sense, I provided foundational ground rules and then a lot of additional framework more than directions. So I think the, the wide range of people that it could satisfy and the ease in which Mm -hmm. you can get into it. That's Mm -hmm. probably the thing that I would be uh, most proud of. Super accessible in that way. 
Now, I'm, I'm curious, kind of on the flip side, having run a full season of Stay Alive with your system, what's an aspect of it that you might, having played with it and experienced it, that you think could use a little adjustment or tweaks or missing things that you want to incorporate into the next season? Well, fortunately, the past five or so weeks have basically been filled with me slamming at the keyboard from lessons learned, um, having a, a great cast of talented players and and having them invested in the idea of helping improve this system proved to be extremely beneficial. Um, so we've already kind of gone through the process of addressing some of the more consistent uh, drawbacks. There's, there's something to be said for like the refinement and editing of a system like the, that, that obviously has its own value, mm-hmm. but um, you know, we want to make sure that if your table doesn't play like ours does, it still feels good right. for you. Um, right. And, and that's where I think, you know, I had this idea in mind when I built it. So a lot of the revisions and adjustments that I'm doing are, are designed not to necessarily uh, restrict or change the way that we played season one, as much as to uh, not obfuscate the other avenues that you can explore as a table or player or what have you. Um, and, and kind of create a little bit more of a framework around the shape that the game takes rather than any kind of specific nuts and bolts. A lot of the nuts and bolts is just math um, and it's boring and, and uh, sorry, Mindy, it's boring, but, um, (laughs) but the, uh, the prospect of refining it is, is a continual process and, you know, having a, a full fledged streamed season of a game for 16 episodes. That's like, one of the better QA phases I think any project is likely to get. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now going from the creator to the player's perspective, <laughs> what's been your thought, like playing a homebrew from the ground up created system? Like what do you, what really has jumped out at you about this system? And and does, I don't want to keep referring to it too as this system. Have you come up with like, come some cool slogany, cool sounding name for the your system we'll, that we'll probably go through a marketing be. reshape at some point but we're, we're just kind of referring to it as as stay alive both in title and in show for the time being um the rules okay. will be refined out for commercial release um they're they're kind of getting close to a point where i feel like the core essence is is getting finalized but um you got to fluff it up just a little bit i think and and include you know the fancy tables and like all of the additional sort of detail and optional rules and cool world setting lore and all that stuff to, to really make it feel like it has everything that it needs for a new player. But, um, the, aside from that, it will be set for a commercial release at some point. I want to say nine months to a year. I want to make sure I get it right. But, um, Mm -hmm. maybe that's ambitious. I don't know. It's a team of one. For the most part. Um, (laughs) So, you know, it's it's got to get refined still. But otherwise, I'd say Mindy at least has access to kind of what the final core uh, rules are going to look like. Yeah. So what you're saying is if it gets gets leaked online somehow, we should look at it. We should look at Mindy. first. Got it. I mean, I'm only sending out watermark copies here on out. So, like, I I know exactly (laughs) (laughs) if I find it, I know where it's going to (laughs) be. Yeah. 
So what do you like about the system, Mindy? Like um, as a player? So as a player, I there are a couple things I really like. So I'm going to touch on the I'm going to give a little uh, a little secret um, of in terms of how quickly you can make a character. Um, I actually one session uh, lost my character sheet um, for a new character. <laughs> and what a um, like we were. We were live and I realized there were a lot of other things going on and I just I just didn't have it pulled up and then I couldn't find it. So I literally made my character recreated this this new character sheet. Just I I had I had a loose idea of I knew the pieces that I wanted and and had it included in the first draft. So but I did that basically through the intro and the and the recap. So it was a very quick process. Um (laughs) But one of wow. the things that I really like about it, um, and honestly, it probably would have been quicker, but I was also kind of panicking. So, you know, oh, that sure. adds, adds at least 25% extra time. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> the the thing that I think I, I like the most about the system is you can you can kind of build your character basically however you want. There's so much flexibility in and, and, you know, where do I want this character's strengths to be? They feel very real, um, which is, which on the one hand is, is really cool because, you know, that's the story we're telling. We're telling the story about real people, um, in a, you know, less than ideal, uh, apocalyptic circumstance, but, because of it, there's, you know, I can have a character that's really, really strong in this and, really, really weak in this, but it's never going to be exactly the same as any other character. It, the way the system is built, there are like a bajillion different ways you could build a character. And that's strictly just based on the stats that you have and the extra little bits that you can add. And, And I'm saying a lot of things that, you know, will become very, very clear whenever the official release, um, uh, I just want it to available. be ready. Got to be pretty, you know. I know, I know, um, and it will be whenever <laughs> it's ready. Um, mm-hmm. But there are a lot of elements in the very basic build your character, and then there are a few extra little pieces that really can give you extra flavor if you want it. Um, so every character I've been able to make has felt very real and has been made to like a level of precision that I've, I've not had in other uh, gaming systems from a mechanical standpoint. Um, and considering, you know, the story and narrative of the game itself, that's been really impactful as a player in developing my characters. How cool. I'm, I'm very excited. You, you've sold me when it goes... Um, yeah. Sale. Be sure to <laughs> be sure to send me. I'll, I'll order one. Um, it sounds it. <laughs> very very cool. You, you brought the good vibes. Yes. Mindy. That's we'll all, I, that's all I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was you guys have finished your 16 episode season one of Stay Alive? Uh, what has kind of been the biggest takeaway for for you both? Um, from this, from the first season, uh, trying to trying to do it like a high end produced TV show with uh, 
fledgling, struggling content creator budgets is nigh impossible. <laughs> that is the takeaway. Yeah. yeah. Pulling um, it off is a small miracle. And uh, we would absolutely love to see the, the success that we've seen continue to grow to provide us mm-hmm. higher and higher ceilings to pursue. I think that's that's what I took away from this. Mindy, what about you? I think I think I I, I think I I definitely also took that away. Um, but I think one of the pieces that I I took away is that you know there's a very everybody has an idea of what actual plays look like on the internet, um, whether it's the small ones that you see or the big ones that you see, and I think when you have this perception of what actual plays look like, it can be, um, I think it can be easy to limit kind of what you expect or what you think is possible. And I think, um, and, and a lot of this is due to some of the work that Deej put in, um, through a system, uh, an, an, an ARG system, I think is what you call it. Um, uh, that's, where that's one idea. Sure. Yeah. That's there's uh, some where the community gets to be directly involved in, in, in ways that I've never seen anywhere. And I never would have thought for it to be a thing at all. And it was honestly one of the most impactful parts of the most unexpected impactful part of <laughs> season one was kind of how that materialized. And again, that was a lot of work on Deej's part to kind of facilitate that and make that possible. But I've never been in a show where there are characters that are literally designed to be faces or stand-ins for people in the community that have invested in the show, that have invested in us, that are showing up every week and their character is 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 playing some, some part in the story. And... Yeah. That was something that I, I've never seen anywhere else. I've never experienced that. And there was something so powerful about it um, that, but I think it was, it was beautiful and fantastic. And I think for me, less than the specifics, it was more of a, you know, there's, don't limit yourself, I think is, is, was the big takeaway um, for me. From season one. And that can, now, you know, yeah. mean a lot That's of That's just good advice in general for the record. It is. Oh, it yeah. is, right? I'm sure. Good vibes. Good vibes. I'm here for good vibes. <laughs> Hashtag <it>. good vibes. <laughs> Hashtag good vibes. <laughs> <laughs> now, on that, what are you both looking forward to upcoming season two? What can um. people expect? Is it following right after the conclusion of season Ooh. one? Is it fo- going to follow a new group of characters? What can what can Ooh. fans and newcomers uh, in look forward to? And is it a good place for newcomers to jump in at, or should they start with season one? What uh, what's the stitch or sitch as Gr- Kim, Kim for Possible would say? Kim Possible. Uh, um, we're, we're going to be continuing our story in some capacity. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to get too heavy into detail just for anybody, uh, for sure. who is going through or will go through season one. Um, I, I think a lot of content creators either struggle 
to to really characterize this the the passion they have for their own work and then other people tend to maybe overqualify the work that they produce there doesn't seem to be a lot of in between but uh as somebody who often struggles to kind of talk up my work the way that that Can maybe confirm. i ought to um Can confirm. <laughs> this is season one if if you are into watching actual plays if you like deep and compelling stories that involve a lot of tension. It's legitimately, I, I truly believe one of the best things that exists on the internet in that space. Um, watch it if you haven't, but uh, if you are just looking to jump in and kind of uh, catch it live with the community, um, there's, there's going to be plenty there that is going <laughs> to maybe play on some coy reference to pre-existing things, but we are kind of also focused on establishing uh, new groundwork. So yeah, people who didn't see season one, you can jump right in on season two and be fine. I was going to say the, the nature of the, of the game itself, um, it does make it, it makes it one of those where you, where you want to know what's going on. So like, you're going to be tempted, but if you jump in, in this season, you know, like Deej said, you know, we're setting the ground for, for another, another story beat, another, uh, tale as it were. And, uh, the only thing the the best way I know how to, to describe this show is an experience. And I know that sounds you and, and I know it that sounds, sounds hokey, silly, but it's true. Like. But like until you're there. That's I you just you. Oh, yeah. That's the only way I know how to describe it. And I know it doesn't make sense if you've not actually been in there, been in chat while things are popping and. People are crying. It's me. I'm the one crying. Like, like you just, it's an experience. Yeah. I mean, we, we got a good story too, but like the way that it comes together long-term, I think is, is different in a way that I haven't seen before. I would agree. How cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You're selling people on it. I love it. I, um, I mean, while we're at it, people that make all in one playlist. Uh, you know, it's 16 episodes oh, yeah. all at around like an hour 45 a piece. Very bingeable. Just saying, put it out there. It, it was intentionally made that way, too. So, yeah. Made nice, for easy, easy digestible. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Uh, now, this is a question kind of based off of uh, Mindy always puts out like these fantastic tabletop RPG questions on her Twitter. I love seeing <laughs> what random things and. <laughs> The one I mentioned today was my it was what trope would you like to play in an actual game? And I responded meeting an evil doppelganger of myself. And you said you had played something similar in a game you have done. So I'm going to going to take this idea and slightly twist it. Oh, no. Mindy, how would Emerson react in the world of Stay Alive? Oh, no, I was Ooh. really afraid that this was um, she would probably be OK because she would just live in the forest and ignore everybody. Actually, She'd be lonely, but she, but she would, she could do really well on her own. Um, for those of you who don't know, Emerson is my D&D 5e character. She is a ranger druid. Um, so she's, she'd probably fare pretty well as long as she can keep track of her arrows. You know, she can keep a distance. She's totally cool to be off on her own in the middle of the woods. Um, so honestly, she'd probably fare better than me as Mindy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now I'm going to flip it. How would any of your characters that you play as and stay alive adjust or deal with being sent to Emerson's world? Oh, gosh. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> you can choose whomever. Um, uh, well, Deed, which one should I go with? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I feel such like a hard weird question like yeah not, that's why is either asking this or if you guys think a hot dog is closer to a sandwich or a taco so I just I flipped a coin and it landed that's, on this side that's fair. So. sure that's fair. that is that is the best way that's to the way of the world questions. right um, uh, yeah. I would say probably Roman or one of the operatives maybe so ooh Ooh, Roman would be a really cool. Okay, but Roman. So Roman was a uh, uh, NPC. Loose. I don't know how many. I don't know how spoilery we spoilery we're getting. Um, but he was a he was a pretty important NPC. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he would. Ooh, he could do some. He could he could make some. He'd be running like a like a like a crime or syndicate or something. Yeah. yeah, that's literally what he would be doing <laughs> if he was in Emerson's world. He'd be just as terrifying, maybe even the more. The one so. spoiler we'll offer for season one, if you're on the fence about uh, going oh, no. to check it out, like the the Zerk, uh, the non copywritten version of zombies in our world, um, are <laughs> extremely extremely dangerous. Um, and we have plenty of evidence of that in season one. However, um, survivors <laughs> prove just as dangerous, if not more so, if, you know, you're more kind of so. not on the same team. Yeah. Definitely more so. I would argue more so. Experience teaches. I don't know. I say it. experience teaches me more so. But also, I think. But yeah, Roman was a. More uh, of a threat for me personally. <laughs> Yeah, characters. Roman was a big antagonist from season one that we'll just go out and say was was kind of a nefarious um, <laughs> character that that came into friction with the party from time to time. He was in conflict with the party at times. Yes. They yes. did not see eye to eye on all matters, as it turns out. On most matters, <laughs> it would seem, as it were. All righty then. Uh, now, I... In the Zerks in your world, the not legally nondescript zombies, or excuse me, the legally distinct zombies, not zombies. Yes. um, Would they freeze in the cold? Like, do they have body heat or would they like tissue freeze? Uh, They would probably go into a form of stasis. Uh, Believe it or not, like there was a good probably, I don't know, four week period where I was doing a lot of uh, bioengineering research and, and a lot of how the viruses break down when you have, you know, uh, smaller gene structures and all this other stuff. So based on kind of the very loose, I mean, obviously this is all fantasy, but the the loose uh, scientific answer I would give you is they would freeze. But if they were thawed, they would reanimate again. Yeah, that makes sense. Can I just say, Deej, your backstory is like straight out of a D&D, like a, a tabletop RPG system. It's like... Grew, growing up as the jock, the sports player, after injuries let him. <laughs> I was first no a champion play, of the Golden became, Games. He became <laughs> a rock star. After the rock star, he sat <laughs> discussing around his round table with his bandmates and decided, I'm going to make a 
board game. Yeah. And now they're like, what? Throughout the Why course of that? playing the board game, he <laughs> dabbled in biogenetic research. Yeah. It's like, it's, I would like, I feel like next time you're going to come on and be like, yeah, I, I researched the plausibility of death rays today. I mean, that actually, I, I have researched awesome. that in, in some capacities. I also, oh I guess, plug opportunity. <laughs> I also do uh, content released every single week on Patreon. Um, and oh. it includes NPCs, oh. items, and creatures. And a lot of times I have pretty extensive uh, research that goes into some of those because I, I tend to value, like, I, I really, really hate cool, cool ideas if they're on the bones of something I'm already super familiar with. I, I Cool art and, like, fancy flair and those kind of things, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't have the talent to, to create that kind of cool imagery <laughs> or, or understand maybe the perfect nuance of ac scaling to cr or whatever a lot of it's all math and most of it's pretty simple but i really prefer looking into new ideas and Mm -hmm. i think the problem with new ideas is a lot of time you just have no idea what the idea is about and so you have to kind (laughs) of go on this weird exploration journey to really uh, put something together that makes sense for people what is a particularly good item or creature you've created that people should sign up for your Patreon for to uh, take advantage of? Ooh. Um, I mean, I'd argue that that there is like 15% of it is very average. 5% of it is not great. And then 80% of it is actually quite good. Um, but as, as a player and somebody who's actually utilized some of it, I think I will have Mindy field this one. So actually, I'm pretty, I might, I don't, I feel like I probably did because I feel like I shout out DJ's Patreon every chance I get. When I was DMing my students, I actually used one of his very first Patreon releases because when you get his Patreon releases, you get, um, it's themed. So I mm-hmm. basically pulled a theme and I I built their game around the content he created. As for like, my favorite one. Oh God, he's got so much good content. I, I mean, legit probably like I, 250 pages worth. So. L- that's probably, will, that's accurate. I will say Mindy here at RPG university, we do play by the double dare rules. So if you do, you can double dare him back to tell his favorite, uh, item. That oh is a, a, an Ooh. able thing. I yeah. haven't quite figured out how physical challenge it is. It would probably be just like a roll off of a D20 or something, but I, you can double dare him back. Okay, I mean, I'd, so I'd I, have an answer if I needed one, right? I just thought uh, Mindy's have, previous experience have, would be more astute. I have two answers and one feels like a little bit cheating. So oh. um, I am in, well, I, I, some of my favorite parts of some of my favorite here we'll say a general and then I'll 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 get to my favorite um some general um oh god but that was good too um one of my favorite parts is that uh when holding action was happening um and uh there's an offline campaign that we also uh have through his Patreon um we see little bits of lore dropped in and out. So there's a lot of cool pieces and references that are like, 
oh, like I recognize that name. And because it's all built in this homebrew world that he he built and kind of uh, reskinned. Most times. And mm, yes. So uh, there's a there's like there's that aspect. I really liked. Can I pick like a whole month? Because my I have a favorite theme. Sure, go ahead. My favorite theme was probably the circus theme. I also used that for a one shot. I built a one shot around uh, the circus theme. Um, For those that are wondering, you've got like NPCs, you get some creatures, you get some, uh, uh, you get some items. It's like a whole thing. Um, I think mine would probably be from the fairy tale theme. Uh, (gasps) I did a adaptation of. Captain Hook that includes the mobile ship as a lair. Oh, my gosh. That was so cool. That's right. Mobile um, ship as a what? As a lair for Captain Hook. Oh, lair. I heard lawyer. I was like, how do you, yeah. you yeah. manage that? Also a lawyer. I'm that talented, actually. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I would I totally. I, I made a boat down a for a sentient, a sentient boat that like moonlights as a lawyer. Oh, the wheels are turning already. I'm I'm feeling oh you can you know you Why can have you that one for free. You can have right. that one for free. I'm I'm writing it down right now. Boat lawyer. Yeah. Boat lawyer. <laughs> Boat lawyer. Attorney yeah. at sea. Accepting sponsorship offers now. Oh my gosh. Bodie McBoatface. Boat lawyer. Attorney at sea. Yeah, we just need to turn these into brainstorming sessions. We just do this every week. <laughs> This is well, this is usually what I do. Like, I mean, this is basically getting classier, getting racy uh, at the end of all of our tabletop episodes. We just on the cuff create uh, either a new playable race or class for a tabletop RPG. Yeah. So it's b- basically this is what we're doing right now. I feel like we your work it. is already cut out for you just trying to edit out my rambles and like <laughs> trim it down to just the pertinent pieces. So I, you don't want to get me started on some nah. like, wildly free flowing creative type issue. <laughs> no, it's the rambles and the the tangents that we live for here at, at the on the podcast. So no, that's where the gold's at. Oh, I got I got ideas. I got ideas. No shortage of no shortage of ideas. Yeah, actually, I have a, a any time that I get an idea for like a really big project, <laughs> like something I'm really excited about, I immediately mm-hmm. send it to Mindy. And she puts it in a document that she maintains and I don't write it down. So I purposefully forget it. And then anytime I feel like I have free time, I say, hey, what's on my list? That sounds cool. And that's how I basically stay focused on not completely. All the bajillion ideas. My timeline. Yeah. Yeah. The list is quite long. (laughs) I'll get to it. Okay. (laughs) I'll get to it. I just need time, (laughs) people and money. Okay. Like that's it. For the record, he has three things. I say, for the record, he has not actually had an opportunity to come and say, "Hey, like, what's next on the list?" But soon, though, maybe. But soon, maybe. Probably the list is is waiting. It all and it's always growing. Whenever that time comes, it will have you'll have a long list of options to choose from. Okay, but guaranteed, I'm going to come back to it. There's there's going to be one or two winners on there. Right. There are some good ones on there. I'll be honest. There's going to be some bad ones, too. Oh, yeah. But the bad ones just make the better or the good ones even better. That's also It's all about perspective. Yeah. You see. (laughs) You need a couple sinkers so that Bodhi, the boat lawyer, will, like, rise to the top, you know. 
Yeah, you got to give boats ride those, a ride those waves. That's you how know? you lawyer boats, I've heard. Yeah. 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 And it has to have a large bow tie on the front of the boat. I've, Obviously. Just a big bow but tie. Because it's, it's, it's spelled boat and then. Yeah. The boat's yeah. in a tux and also a vegetarian. Yes. What? Just because. Okay. Okay. It's part of the sure. lore. You got to ask. He's the right a very question. progressive. It's a very progressive boat lawyer. Yeah, yes. doesn't want to ever be caught dressed down because then who's embarrassed? You know. That's fair. You gotta be. You gotta be ready. Yeah. Don't All don't want to f around. Be a a slovenly boat showing up to some fairy tale location, who, not wearing a tux. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Who would who would hire a slobby looking boat lawyer? I mean, Literally. Only a pirate captain, and we all know how that That's, turned out. So, exactly this this is exactly. the sequel to Peter Pan. Actually, we're writing right now, <laughs> but it's just about. Does the this boat. take place between Hook and Peter Pan? Uh, like I'm Hook pretty and, sure it's Hook set with in Robin distant Williams. future. It's like the it's like oh. a ship of Theseus kind of thing, you know. <laughs> oh, oh! The ghost of Captain Hook has possessed the boat, and he decided to. He had to atone for his sins, so his See? spirit could finally go on to the afterlife. It's all so coming together. So he has to defend. He's like a public defender attorney. <gasps> boat. Somebody call a producer right now. Oh my now. gosh! This is it. Wait, I'm to a producer. Atone. We've struck gold. Damn it! I mean, I'm free <laughs> if you ever want a ballpark. This is, you know. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll put in an RFP. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. But well, coming back full circle, what's mm-hmm. uh, what's one last thing we uh, you would like to share with listeners um, in the lead up to season two of Stay Alive and uh, Free Forge? Uh, Mindy, go. Oh God. Uh... Bring the I'm, vibes. I'm taking a moment oh. to think, and then I'll answer. Oh, gosh. I'm not good at thinking. On the, Okay. Uh, hey, come hang out with us. Oof. That's, uh, yeah, I feel pretty, feel pretty. <laughs> no, um, uh, seriously, if you haven't, if you haven't checked out uh, Stay Alive, I really encourage you just come for one episode, give it 10, 15 minutes, see how it feels in chat. I promise you there's going to be something about it that's going to make you want to stay. Just 15 minutes. That's all we need. Um, and, you know, we've said a lot about Free Forge. It's a we work really hard to make sure it's a safe, welcoming place where people can can grow and connect. Um, so if if you're looking for a place to do those things, um, we'd be happy to have you. Yeah. Very cool. Um, I final would word, Deej. Uh, <laughs> at some point, dear listener. Hang on. Let me let me get real intimate life. Oh, gosh. Dear listener, at some point in your exploratory journey, you were exposed to something that you now consider yourself a fan of. And if you let this uh, interview be that for Stay Alive, picture yourself in the future a fan of whatever that thing is you're a fan of. But for something else, I guarantee you, you give it a shot, that's going to be you. We like to build. We like to connect. And there's not a lot of that to go around. Plus, you're probably getting two hours back in your week compared to the average uh, actual play length. So think about that as well. (laughs) We're here for budgeting time. (laughs) We're the the time budget option. Yeah. 
people as a very good after after dark voice i I like the the baritone you went down to that was very soothing need some smooth jazz matt i mean i just jazz over that i just took some (laughs) off of it so i could get real close but didn't want to overexpose the gain so i just had to come in real sultry like yeah i see how you do that i uh gotta get real velvety it uh Real yeah, person. 107 I, KTXP, I, I, one, Sounds of the Rain, coming at you live. Now we're going to kick back <laughs> with some smooth jazz. Mindy, uh, Mindy, what's your after dark voice? What's your s- smooth jazz radio voice? Oh, I don't Mindy? know if I have an after dark voice. That would be very inappropriate for a teacher. <laughs> oh, the duality. Well, smooth jazz. <laughs> what if you could be a smooth jazz teacher. <gasps> oh my god. You can't teach jazz. It has to live inside you. <laughs> you have to be the jazz. You have to be jazz. Breathe the jazz. Live the jazz. Hey, tell people where they can find you, Mindy. Do that part. Yeah. Oh, okay. Go ahead. This is a great time to plug. Uh where can people find you both online? And we've talked about what you have cooking, but uh where can people find you and free forge stuff? Uh, you can find me on basically all social media at Miss Mindykins. I do have my own Twitch channel. Um, I'm a variety streamer sometimes, most times. Uh, but Twitter is the best place to uh, get in touch with me or follow the shenanigans that I'm getting into. Uh, and uh, you can join the Free Forge Discord by just going to thefreeforge.com. Perfect. Deej, what about you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I am I am Dean Deej. On the Twitters, uh, if you just search d and I'm likely to be one of the first few people that pops up there, I imagine. So hopefully that's easy. Um, also, make sure to sub to the YouTube. YouTube backslash mm-hmm, The Free Forge. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Follow the free at The Free Forge on Twitter as well. Um, and if you are looking to support, you're looking to create, or you're looking to be a part of uh, you know, one of the lower floors of what we're building into something really, really big. Like, make sure you jump in, say, hey, check it out, see what's going on, and and carve a place for yourself. Very cool. Very cool. What about your Patreon? Um, where can people find your Patreon? Patreon, also, backslash Dean Deej. Um, new content <laughs> every Monday. $10 yeah. for, like, what is, uh, I think, like, 300 pages worth of content at this point. So I'm given oh, to understand I should probably... Damn cool it compared to what a lot of other people do on patreon but uh having already made the mistake and setting the standard high i'm kind of just sort of living up to the expectations i set for myself now but yeah do (laughs) check out the patreon tons of 5e homebrew ish and a lot of it very cool and unique yep perfect perfect well thank you so much for you both for coming on and uh talking tonight this was a lot of fun and you two are are awesome Thank, Thank you, you for having so much us. for having us. Yeah, it was a it was a blast. I'm glad we came up with a good concept that I can start fleshing out now with the oh boat my God. I'm excited for sure. to explore for that. Sure. So soup's important. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you, you, a to- it whole story arc of Hook Spirit atoning for his past by being a defendant, a public defender attorney. Boat. In- yeah. What's better than that? It's probably like two ideas total. That's it. Probably. Probably yeah, only that. Probably so. just two ideas. I don't even know what they are. That's how elusive those ideas are. I know. They are that elusive. It's there are small ideas on the giant ocean that ho that holds 
Bodie McBoatface, a.k.a. Captain Hooks. Of course. Uh, from the toxic yeah. waters of its past. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the story so. is basically writing itself. Right? It, it really this is. This is a thing. This is a thing. It really is. <laughs> Stay tuned but. for Captain McBoatface's story, Neverwhere 32nd of 20 I know. million. Yep. In the far off future. Yep. But yeah. <laughs> thank you to each and every one of you who's listened today. Be sure to rate and review us in your preferred podcast service, as I'd really appreciate it. If you have an RPG you would like us to feature on an episode, tweet at underscore RPG University with the hashtag RPGU with your suggestion, or you can share your own favorite RPGs or moments of RPGs directly with me on Twitter at SolidSnake120. As always, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to one another, may you always roll high, stay alive. Class dismissed. Yeah. Mm-hmm.